0: Hello, and welcome to Ever Widening Circles podcast, designed to give you more joy, less fear, and no end to the evidence that a new era is about to open. We want you to hear from thought leaders in a wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows about. This podcast will give you hope for the future and help you take control of your online life and perspective i'm dr linda ulrich founder of ever widening circles since 2014 we've written thousands of articles about insight and innovation going uncelebrated all around the globe and along the way we've been having incredible conversations with thought leaders that we are now sharing with the world so today i'm talking to just such a person today we're going to meet children Barlet Rumor, an amazing one who our Ever Widening Circle CEO, Liesl, and my daughter has become great friends with. I, I really believe Cheldon and Liesl might be able to <laughs> completely open a new future for us <laughs> tomorrow if we just put them to in, those two in charge. Oh my goodness, does their energy combine to do great things. So Cheldon, Yerk, the scope of your work is so yeah. big. I, I really want <laughs> children to introduce herself. So oh. tell me what you're up to, Children.
1: Oh, Dr. Linda, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to be here. My name, again, is Sheldon Barlett-Rumor. I'm the CEO and executive producer of This Is It Network. We're a global digital TV network connecting remarkable women to inspiring stories. And so our goal is to be able to create positive conversations through our Scream Your Dream philosophy to encourage remarkable women um, to have conversations that highlight positive conversations, productive conversations that highlight their economic contribution and, and worldwide impact. And so I've been doing that since 2004. 14 In 2009, I had created a, a digital agency that has morphed into this production company that I adore, and it's my life work, for sure.
0: Well, you have such a great core mission. Thank you. You know, I came across some place where you mentioned that the tendency, and I, I'm not yeah. sure it's a woman thing. I think yeah. one of the things we've learned from the pandemic yeah. is there are plenty of quiet people, <laughs> men very. and women. very. Who society was not really set up to celebrate. No, so there is a really wonderful, a wonderful leap in realizing that you don't have to whisper Ugh. about what makes you special and what you've got to offer the world. So tell me about that whispering yeah. That notion.
1: Yeah. So I am an extrovert naturally, and I I have two volumes. I have Silence and I have Sheldon, which is basically the scream of my life. When we were able to to navigate the space and live events, etc., people could often hear me before they saw me, right? I have one of those types of voices. And I quickly realized in business, and when I created my agency, I was helping primarily women, but small businesses for sure, in what I call finding their marketing voice. And they would come to me in what I call a whisper, they would say, oh, you know, I want to sell this pen. And they would say, I don't know if you like the pen. Do you like the pen? I'm not sure if I like the pen. How do I market them? Like all of this self-doubt and all of this, you know, questioning of their purpose affected the volume of their voice. It affected the way in which they communicated the features and benefits of what it is that they had going on. I was shocked to ask them how long have you been working on the pen, and they would be like ten years. What have you sacrificed for the pen? I've remortgaged my home for the pen. So it even became even worse for me to say you sacrificed all of this, you dedicated all of this, you, and you can't part your lips to share why it's unique. You can't part your lips to share what makes it special. You can't differentiate between why somebody should buy your pen. Or someone else's. And to me, as being an extrovert and finding my scream so naturally, it was really important for me to be able to help people in finding their voice. And, you know, for me, I really can't afford for those in my world to whisper their wishes. I want them to scream their dream. And that's really has been my driving force in my life and giving people a voice.
0: I, I'm, uh, Chilton and I can see each other for this interview. So she's seeing me making all kinds of gobsmacked faces.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I know absolutely love exactly it. exactly
0: what you're saying. Yeah. I, I come from the Midwest where, where, you know, you are incredibly well rewarded for being humble. Yes. The way I grew up, that's the number one thing you get rewarded for. And so when when Everwidening Circles really started to take off, and when I published the book last summer and all this, and then I started winding up on all these TV news shows with 5 to 20 million people, I can totally identify with what you were saying. And these, these folks who were trying to coach me from the background were saying, get to it. Speak up. Tell them how crazy good this idea that you have. Tell them why happiness is an option. You know? right. And I was trying to be humble. I was putting humble first yeah. until I, I got the light bulb moment. Yeah. So tell me what was,
1: you've always been like yeah. it. I have, I have, but I've also recognized the, I guess, the sadness in. Or are the regret that individuals have the skilled individuals right? You are skilled, you are talented, but you are you have not found the words. So what you found yourself in a position is that those with mediocre expertise or less pedigree or less experience or less accreditation, because they are bold, because they are boastful, they gain your opportunities, and I find that tragic. I find it a tragedy that the only thing between what it is that you want and based on what it is that you deserve and how you've earned it is your voice and if i can help you in finding your voice so that no longer is a problem so the person who wants what it is that you have doesn't have to settle for mediocrity simply because you weren't boastful enough to share you know your expertise i just i find that tragic and i think that every time i aid somebody in in speaking up and finding their voice and screaming about what it is that they are good at, what it is that their strengths, where their strengths lie. I just see it as my life's work. And I also see it benefiting them, right? So there's not, and I think a lot of people, to your point, think that it equates to conceit or equates to, you know, false ambitions. And I think that especially I deal a lot with women and I find them a a lot of them in the beginning of this scream, your dream journey, starting it out to, I don't want to brag, but I don't want to brag, but, and then it's followed with, I have a PhD. I don't want to brag, but I have 20 years of experience. I don't want to brag, but I have three franchises that I'm set, whatever it is. And, and I just find that why are we soft serving facts, you know, it, if, it, if it was just opinion, okay, maybe you can feel a little comfortable being a little coy. But if you are if these are facts, if you are accredited, if you are a scholar, if you have delivered, then why are you soft serving that for someone else? Because
0: the way you know, where, where you and my work inter- inter- yeah. intersect is that that's what I go around teaching people is that the internet is now totally rewarding. Oh anyone willing right, to shout right, or right. eat on this right. this negative level regardless of the fact that they don't have rigorous intention. Right. I right. You know my son is very, very, very much into fitness and health. Yeah. And I'm always trying to tell him to go sure, go to the website where you want to order that protein powder. Look for the science. look for the science. If they aren't putting their science up, it's because they don't have it. (laughs) But he says, but wait, it's the one that shows up on all the things Mm -hmm. and and gets the highest. And I'm saying no, No. rigorous intention that we want to, we want to reward. And there are so many beautiful thought leaders that we've written about at Everwinding Circles who do have exactly what you're talking about. This amazing track record of goodwill Yeah. Yeah. in the world. yeah, And and usually they are graceful, quiet oh. people who have just been nosed with a grindstone. Yeah. So their voices just aren't rising to the top.
1: Yeah. And I think that those, those are the the hidden gems and the treasures I love to work with because, you know, and I, and I've done this in my life as well is, is that those of us that do find us doing the majority of the time, right? You're not, you're not, you're not sharing what you're doing, you're doing. Right. So that's why there are people within marketing and public relations, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to help those that do. I always tease and say, you know, I don't do anything. I share the doers. Right. And and that's really about, you know, understanding how do you get closer to what it is that you want by sharing why it is that you deserve it? How do I share my voice? How do I help you share your voice and the importance of that? Because to your son's point, we are in the world wide web. And in this World Wide Web, we are inundated with unqualified messages. And it's very hard to shift through, especially for the general population, to shift through what is just, you know, show and fluff, and then what is just quality. My goal is to help the quality, those who house quality define their voice so they okay. rise to the top
0: of the circle. It's lovely. And I think this goes with something I definitely want you to talk to folks about um, your notions about something we we really talk a lot about it at yeah. Writing Circles. So there are two places I, I see that you and my message overlap. One is that I note I, lo- I watch and li- I listen to a lot of your interviews. Oh, thank you. And I found that you're right on something I talk to a lot of people about. I tell people that what we give our attention to expands. Yes,
1: yes.
0: and so <laughs> you want to make a New Year's resolution yes. for 2021. Decide yes. what you're going to give your attention to. Yes, that's it. If it was nothing else than having a little bit of self awareness, yeah, all your day about what yeah. your mind, the stories your mind is telling you, the mental chatter, what you're giving your online life to, yeah. what you're much. You're, you're giving your children or the people you love. So talk to yeah. me about what we give our attention to expands. I think yeah. um, one of the best places I saw you talk about this was on your morning message number 194. Yeah. It was called The New Beginnings. It was, so it was January 4th. And yeah. you talked about leaning yeah. into our greatness. Into Talk our greatness.
1: About that. Yes, because I think that so often, especially with resolutions, right? I don't know if the the gym industry created resolutions or if it was, you know, something else, but creating off a new year, right? And being able to say, okay, I'm going to change things in my life. And so often we lean into our shortcomings to do that right? We say, I haven't been as fit. I haven't been as healthy and I, I, and I feel bad about that. So I'm going to lean into changing the way in which I do X, Y, and Z. So we've started the resolution with a negative thing about ourselves. We mm-hmm. have taken the energy and enthusiasm of that rev- the resolution and saying, it's new beginnings. I'm going to focus on my negativity. Like what? <laughs> like I'm going to focus on my weaknesses. Yes, it's a new beginning. As opposed to taking that same energy and enhancing your strengths, your same energy and being like, I am a great cyclist. I am going to cycle across the country, whatever the grandiose spaces, as opposed to being like, well, I don't eat enough vegetables. So I'm going to eat more vegetables. We will find all of the the improvements, I believe, in leaning into what you are already innately good at. And you're already your strengths and taking that to the next level. And I think that that's the same as I come from a world of scholar. my father's a professor or retired professor of chemistry. And, and, and it's not that he can't do history, but he wasn't doing dual degrees at the same time. He was leaning into being proficient in the field of chemistry. And I think the same thing applies. I'm a former division one athlete and I used to, I'm used to be a sprinter. Not anymore but I used to be a sprinter and, you know, we weren't trained on to compete at distances. We were trained on perfecting our stride within the 400, protecting our time within the 100. We were trained to be proficient in the events that we were already good at inherently. And that afforded us the ability in this analogy to win championships. And so that's really what, what I encourage people to do is to lean in to the Perfect. event that you are good at, and get yourself to the championship of your life.
0: I love that analogy. That you were really good in the four hundred. It yeah. sounds like,
1: yeah, very, very. Good.
0: And, uh, it's not like your 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 um your trainers didn't have you run the mile yeah. or have you run some sprints. But yeah. for for you, that was your zone of genius. That was the zone, and they wanted you to focus there. Where, yeah, uh, you know. Liesl and I became really good friends with an amazing TED speaker, Nat Geophotographer named DeWitt Jones. Okay. I like to throw a few things in these yeah. podcasts for people to refer to, and I know you would love this one, Sheldon. Yeah. I think one of the most special TED talks there is on the internet is called Celebrate What's Right with the World. Ooh. It's by uh, an amazing Nat Geophotographer named DeWitt Jones. So, celebrate what's right with the world. Check it out. Anyway. I got to be very good friends with with Dewitt, and and I was at a great stage to be, be friends with somebody about 10, 12 years older than me, because you know yeah. just that little bit of, of that decade on down the yep. road, yeah. That's really something. Yeah. And he said, "Linda, I'm however old I am. I always said I was going to learn French. Always. Yeah. I'm not. I'm never going to learn French." <laughs> <laughs> he said, I, I have, I love that into doors that I've been throwing my shoulder at for 20 years. And I've started looking for the doors that open easily for me because it's in my zone of genius. It's in my talents sure. so my interest. and how many of us entrepreneurs children will yeah. go forever throwing ourselves at doors that aren't opening because we just for sure." For some reason think sure. that's where we need to be yeah. when we're ignoring all these beautiful things about us and our message and our talents. Yeah. So talk to me about what you give yeah. me some examples of yeah. people that you've worked with that have have just blossomed once they really embraced.
1: Yeah, their- I mean, it, for me, it, it for me it's countless. I mean, I can give you my personal example. Yeah, I me. mean, I think that you know I am awful at math and spreadsheets and horrendous at, 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 at budgeting and, you know, all of those things that as an egotistical entrepreneur to be able to say that you are not capable is gut wrenching. Right. And so what I did is failed desperately, awfully, at, in a horrible way at over-promising even to myself and therefore my business by saying, I got it, I can do it, I'm fine, it's fine, I got it all together, you know, in this way. And what I found was a phone call, one phone call to accounts payable, accounting, or to somebody to take away that burden in a space that that was their strength. They loved spreadsheets. They loved the numbers and watching them go as if it was a game of Tetris, where for me, I dreaded it. And therefore, because I dreaded it, the production of it and the results from it was poor. The minute I released that, and that means I released the stress, the anxiety, and the time allocated to it, it allowed me the gift to have that time be allocated to my strengths. And so, more speaking engagements, more interviews, more production in television, more assisting people in screaming their dream, because I gave that peace and the anxiety and the stress and the the unknowing. I gave that to someone else. Now, I fought it. For years, right? I got it. I got. No one's going to tell me that I can't be all things. No one's going to tell me, to your colleague's point, that he's not going to learn French. He's going. I am going to learn. I am. But releasing that, right, just definitely frees you in some type of way. Now, for those that are listening, this is not to say that you cannot learn other things or right. be other things. It's Nothing. about really just embracing who you are as you make decisions about your journey, and that's and. And and it it has changed my life completely. Yeah.
0: And I, and I, before I I have have that message that DeWitt gave me misconstrued, he and I are over 50. (laughs) We are, I am 60 and DeWitt is older than me. Yes. Um, So the reason why, uh, you know, the foreign language is just such a great example of, of something you mentioned in this January 4th thing, starting from complete scratch at something, yeah. At some level, mm-hmm. when you could be spending your time in your zone of genius, yeah. if you're an entrepreneur or yeah. someone climbing the ladder in a business, yeah. you really have to decide how yeah. much time it would take for yeah. you to, you know, let's say you decide that every all the executives in your firm play golf. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, golf is such a sport that you can look like <laughs> such a bozo for so long. <laughs> So let's say you're 35. Yeah. 11, I don't think golf makes a gender assignment yeah. anymore. Yeah. And you say, that's it. I'm never going to climb in this company until I learn to play golf. Well, the time that you're going to spend yeah. to not look like a bozo is now think what you can do. I yeah. think what you're telling us is yeah. think what you can do if you acknowledge your gifts. Yes. Acknowledge, if gifts. You acknowledge the sweet spot where you help others in the service of others. Yeah. And then take the time that you, yes, could start yeah. with could start with golf, yeah. and, and focus there. You're gonna have a different realization You're gonna have of a future.
1: You're gonna have a different realization of a future. And even if you do decide to go out and play golf, you are not going out with that level of anxiety, trying to be the best at that golf center. Like, you know where your strengths are. I think that there's a space in sitting in the acknowledgement of what your gifts are it not doesn't mean that you can never try anything new it simply oh, right. means that i thrive in this space and you will find that you are spending more of your time in your thrived space you will find that you are spending more of your time being surrounded by people who appreciate what you are good at to be creating communities around being good at what you are good at and you know how inherently do we feel when we do things that we love mm-hmm. right and that's a life well spent Right. As opposed to a life filled with anxiety and a life filled with disappointment and discouragement that we are self inflicting to an extent by not leaning into what it is that we are good at. So
0: I love that life. I I often talk about a life well spent, too. And I think it relates to this analogy we're talking about. One more dip into that. But if the reason why we're going to decide to learn French or or play golf is because we can tell we can tell that thing will make our hearts sing. Yeah. We've had yes. just exposure yeah. to it. No, that it will make us sore. Yeah. Then, then at any age, Do dive it. in. Dive in. But if you're diving in for the wrong reason, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's where the real clarity comes. Yeah. In fighting what we give our attention to, the same thing I tell people about bad news. Yeah. People, people expect me to be the one that says, "Just turn off the news." Never go to social media. Yeah. I never say that. Mm. Because I'm telling people to find that sweet spot so you're informed. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know just enough to make good decisions in your business and tell your kids to make good decisions
1: and then get out. Yes. <laughs> go yes. live your life. Yeah, go live your life. And then, you know, and being and allowing yourself to, to be the best version of yourself. And I think people need permission to do that. And I'm one of those people that give, <laughs> give people permission to do that because I feel like, you know, they believe that to be an oddity, especially here in the States. It's an oddity to, to be happy and joyous doing work, that ugly four-letter word. Work should be work and your life should be life. And I think that now there's this beautiful hybrid or or it, it is just life that incorporates work and family and hobby and joy and all of those things and the 9 to 5 has just become the 24 hour of you being you and i think that that it, there's there's something freeing in that i think
0: that's so that yeah. this is a very precious observation and i'm not sure that the pandemic
1: didn't give us a little shove in that direction right 100% the pandemic okay. changed my life completely and, yeah. I, and I'm happy and, and healthy and, and, and I have not have had COVID-19, but yes. it has changed. It has changed my life completely.
0: Well, I keep talking about the fact that after we count all the losses and we do need to count oh, every single, every single one, life, every lost job, every oh, cool. lost opportunity, yeah. after we count the losses, we need to count our blessings, count yeah of the things that came to us as aha moments that we yeah, would have never gotten sure. there any other way. Sure. Tell me one of those things for you.
1: There's the ability to slow down. I'm a fast paced person as I am a fast talker. And, you know, my life was an autopilot. It was I had a, you know, I, I'm currently, I reside in in Southern New Jersey. I'm an East Coast folks and in, in the States. And then, but my Philadelphia is just literally across the bridge. And I had a studio in, in Philadelphia and we would record one to four of our, this is it shows per day. And I was fixated on the studio. I was fixated on the guest experience. I was fixated on having the guests come to the studio. They sit in the studio, they get the gift bag. We take the picture in the guest experience at the studio. I could not tell you how I got to the office every morning. I was so much on autopilot. I had conference calls on the way in, in the, you know, Bluetooth. I was barely talked to the parking attendant, went on in, like, just so the speed in which I was functioning, not appreciating what I had built, not, you know, you know, for the expression, stopping to smell the rose. None of those things were happening. I was moving so quickly and what this pandemic and this quarantine um, I call it BQ before quarantine. BQ, <laughs> I was, you know, exhausted and tired and, and not appreciative. And AQ after quarantine, my goal is to be appreciative and, and to be, to recognize and to celebrate, you know, what I have built. And I don't think that I would have stopped to do that. I know that I wouldn't have stopped to do that if I wasn't given a timeout. And that's what I've learned in this space.
0: I, I love that you mentioned that particular thing. You know, Eliezel may have told you, my, yes. my husband and I, her dad and I are both dentists yes. for 30 years. And so I've made it my little mission since the quarantine started when we were able to see patients again to, to plop right down next to every every person getting their teeth cleaned and say, so <laughs> what, what are you finding that you never imagined? What are you celebrating oh, in the pandemic? Yeah. Uh, what have you discovered? and You know, 90% of people will get a big beaming smile and tell me something radical that would have never become an aha moment for them had had it not been for this. So I think it's part of the, we can shame, anybody can shame you and I right now for spending so much time on what's positive about the pandemic. Yeah. But I'll tell you, it's part of our human DNA to find opportunity and disaster.
1: Yeah. I mean, but that's the only way forward. That's the only way forward. You know, and like you, whatever analogy you use as it relates to storms, not lasting forever or whatever driving through, like it is not, we must figure out how to survive and how to evolve. And to the beginning of it's, it's just the evolution of things. And I think that the hopelessness that people can fall into the the lack of foresight to say things will be better things can get better and it, you you and i talked you know a little earlier about being un, you know outnumbered by pessimists or outnumbered by people who don't see things as optimistically and and that to those that are optimistic you know could could seem daunting but for me this is my role. My role is to show you the light in the darkness. My role is to lead the way. Someone has to hold the lantern to say, this is the way out of this. And, and if that's, my, if that's my, my hardest plight in this world, I will take it. I will hold the lantern. I will lead the way. I will have the difficult conversation. And I will, like I like to say, I will smile in the rain. I will do that.
0: So great. Okay, we're going to take a break. Okay. And um, then we're going to come back and talk about holding the lantern. Oh, I love that. because I think that's, I got goosebumps a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh. <laughs> let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about how, as parents, as, yes. as, as Please. neighbors, Please. as co workers, we can all hold the lantern. Oh, I okay, love let's that. Let's take a break. Yay. Now, here's a company doing truly great things in the world. Mighty Nest. Mighty Nest goes through and tests all the supposedly green products out there and has a website full of only the absolute best, the companies who are putting their money where their mouth is and making truly sustainable, high-quality, and safe products that actually work. Their Mighty Fix subscription box sends you new products each month so that you can take steps towards sustainability in your own home without the hassle on your end. We send products directly to you every month like reusable produce bags, stainless steel food storage containers, bees wrap and more. So if you're thinking about going green at home, you can get rid of the headache of not knowing who to trust by just subscribing to The Mighty Fix. We are a Mighty Nest affiliate, which means that when you subscribe to The Mighty Fix, we get a small commission. So you can support the planet and ever widening circles at the same time, all the while receiving incredibly researched sustainable products for a great price. You can even use the code mighty now to get your first box for just $3. Go to everwideningcircles.com backslash partners or use the link in the show notes to subscribe to The Mighty Fix. Okay, we're back. Oh, this is such a great conversation. I, know, I gentlemen. love it. I love it. All right. So, when we left off, we were talking about this concept of being the lamp holder. Yes. <laughs> and you know, it's a funny thing. My husband and I have been together since we were 14 years old. I know. Stop. I know oh, my goodness. I love that. Yes. It's so crazy. And one of the things we, and, and it hasn't been all sweetness and light. Let me tell <laughs> you. I love that. It's, it, it's a journey yeah. but, but but now you know we yeah. it, it, it would seem ridiculous yeah. <laughs> to do else. So, yeah. but one of the things we always give our kids as advice is you know we never ever have let ourselves both of us be down at the same time oh love okay. that. I, I, whatever it is, one of us recognizes that we've got just this much enough in the tank. If yeah. the other one's really down,
1: yeah,
0: hold the light for the other. To hold the light. And I think this is a concept that we can think of in in light of our family relationships, in light of our coworkers, in light of the work we do. Yeah. Talk to me a little yeah. bit more about holding the light for this, because yeah. I, you and I need to talk about this community you're building.
1: Yeah, oh, thank you, thank you. And okay. and that and that's I mean that's what that, doing. Yeah, and that's what you know. That's what it really is, right? And so it's about kind of looking and saying, what is the need? Right. As business owners, we all look to fill a void or answer a question that is out there for our consumer, out there for our clients or out there for our audience. And, and what is the, what is the, the question and what is the answer that we provide? And it's, you know, I need to, you know, where do I stay motivated? Where am I held accountable? Where do I find like-minded folks? Where do I find the motivation? Because, you know, I think that a lot of folks are easily inspired but I have a hard time staying motivated, oh, right? So right? So we, right. I, I believe that to be true. I believe that we are inspired by the small things that are happening. The quotes that I post and the, the, the occasional interview that you watch and you find yourself being inspired, but that light begins to dim as time passes. If you don't fill that tank with, you know, useful information and positive information. It's not necessarily the outside darkness that comes in. It might be the darkness between your ears that's feeding you a number of self-doubt and negative self-talk and all of these things. And I think that for me, it's about, I am naturally, like I mentioned, an extrovert. I, I always lean on the more positive side of things. And I'm a communicator. Me knowing that those are strengths, I'm going to utilize that For those that don't have it, I'm going to recognize that that is my strength. Accounting, not my strength. I'm not going to offer that as service to those that need accounting, but I can offer what it is that I am to be able to not only inspire people in the moment, but encourage them to stay motivated. And that, if I have the tools, I find it selfish. Again, understanding your strengths, like once you own them, you will find them selfish to keep to yourself. You will find it, that it is a space. I wake up in the morning, you know, I do this morning, mention, morning message you had mentioned, and I had a couple of colleagues say to me, you know, Cheldon, isn't that exhausting? I mean, every day, you're doing a morning message every day. Like, you're talking to yourself basically on Facebook every day. Like, isn't that a little on, on these, all these platforms? I, I share it on all my platforms every day. And I say, I don't know who's going to need me today. I don't know who's going to need that message in that moment. I'm not really quite sure. And so I do it for those who need it. They might. Everybody might have been inspired yesterday, but they need to stay motivated today. I have taken license and and afforded this to be my life's work to be able to hold the lantern for others. People need a guiding light. Again, when you believe that everybody is equipped as you are, then you're not so readily willing to be the light for others. But if you acknowledge that you have these strengths that others don't have then you're willing to share them with as many people as possible and that's that's just my life's work and and it, and and I know people need it i know people need to find a reason right we want it to be inherent we want you to just pop out of bed and 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 you know be able to see all the joy and i want you to be able to love everyone and all of these kind of idealistic things but it's work and somebody has to be willing to do it, and and holding the light is what I do. And you know, and we all have opportunities every yeah. day yeah. to hold the light. You know, yeah.
0: we never, I, I always tell myself, my husband and I, with every single patient, find something to celebrate. Yes. And we have patients that come in on the day their spouse dies. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. And that really made us stretcher yes. for years and years, and they were hard conversations until I realized what what we built up for that person was the knowledge that they're going to come and they're going to, they're going to find something. We're going to say something that sends them out feeling better about themselves and the future and a lot. And, you know, even if it's about just giving somebody a warm smile in a coffee shop, you never know whose
1: life you might change. You never know. know. And you also, it is not, you know i I say this to to everyone, you know, the kind of questions that building their own community and and, and what that looks like. You are not everything to everyone. The line behind your light. May be short. It may be four people, five people, or it might be millions. Who knows? But there's value in that community in and of itself. So, you know, you may be a fitness instructor and you may teach people better ways based on nutrition and fitness and wellness and yoga and meditation and Reiki and what that's your life. Leave the accounting, the public speaking to someone else and not being everything to everyone in every single aspect. Again, going back to the exhaustion of trying to do all things. But if you just, you know, you, you pick your lane and you pick your tunnel and you, you hold that light and see who follows, I think is a, is a, is a beautiful thing to embrace.
0: It's lovely. And, and, you know, you don't have to be some raging leadership personality. <laughs> sure. like. No. Right, like oh. some of the best leaders, we have this great dental practice with uh, thirteen employees, and the, some of the most long-running re- relationships, re- leadership people in my office have been with me for thirty years, and they are the quiet ones. You know what yes. else they are? Steady. Yes, they never add to the drama. Yes. Never.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. a the leader. Yes. In moments we count on
1: Candy to just come through with 100%. steady. 100%. And I think that sometimes people who are looking for inspiration or to stay motivated think that they can't dive into this types of content because they're not entrepreneurs or they're not looking to be the next Tony Robbins or they're not look you know but the truth is is that you could be a leader of your household, of your friend group, of your community, of your congregation, of your Sunday school, of your synagogue, of your you can be the leader and apply those traits and that light and even the smallest group, you know, and, and just utilize the skills in order to make that, to make that a reality
0: and matter. Yes. And yeah. matter. Yeah. So this is, this is something we can talk about for a minute. Yeah. Okay. So these are lonely times. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Some of us handle this, this digital life better than others. True. True. Oh gosh, I have a son who he's just he's just painfully yeah. needs the company of others and thrives. <laughs> like, very very hard for him. Yeah. So these are very lonely times. Yeah. Tell me about what you feel about connection. Yeah. About the different ways that yeah. we can connect because that's yeah. another stereotype that's getting broken all over the place. Yeah. Is what you know if uh, if connection to you meant video games. Yeah gaming with a group online, you're probably still in like Flynn. Yeah. But (laughs) this pandemic meant hanging out around the water cooler, going to a book club every Thursday night and having a glass of wine with a bunch of, you know, like-minded. Tell me about what you're finding about ways that loneliness and connection are kind of reorganizing.
1: Yeah, no. And I, I think one is the acknowledgement that this is a difficult transition and it was an abrupt one. Right. There was no preparation. There was no call to in three weeks we are going to. And you had an opportunity to kind of wind yourself up or down to whatever the new way of things were. So there was mm-hmm. so much transition to the point where we didn't know whether we would would like it, not like it, how we would navigate in it. And often, you know, how long it would last. Right. You know, initially, a lot of us thought that this, you know, quarantine would be a couple weeks, maybe a couple months and then now this has become the new way of life in a in a number of different ways and more of a constant i think that living in the reality of the resources that you have so you know to talk brass tacks is about understanding what devices you have available to you what tools you have available to you in in the country that i love so much the united states there's still a digital divide in in who has access to internet and 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 smartphones and devices, and so being realistic as to what you, how you can connect with people, and then also being able to take it in stride because I think that a lot of us went into the beginning of this quarantine in you know device overload, right? And we were we were you whatever it was WebEx, Zoom, Skype, whatever, so much. Of it. Uh-huh. And and the fatigue has set in in month nine, right? And the fatigue of screen time where we thought, okay, all we'll do is we'll, we'll be able to make this happen and it'll be easy and, and we'll be able to, okay, now we're working from home and we're in our pajamas and now people just want to get dressed and they want to leave and they want to go outside, right? You've never longed for a belt so much in your life. And then you're in that space. And so I think that that becomes, I think, but the advice that I would have would be about, again, self-awareness, knowing who you are. Knowing what you need, right? I mean, my girlfriends and I, my best friends, of I the beginning of quarantine was every week we we were talking more than we did when we weren't in quarantine, and then we weren't able to sustain that just based on life and the way things were happening. I think being realistic with yourself, managing your own expectations on the engagement of of what it is that you you want or how would it, often you want to be able to connect with people, but just again knowing yourself, I think is going to be really, really important, but reaching out to people directly has been really awesome, you know, and, and forming even, you know, for us here at this, is it TV, we've opened ourselves up globally. As I mentioned before, I was fixated on our philadelphia studio and now i have no geographic limitations to who i speak to and how often and that is a freeing thing so again leaning into the benefits of this and leaning away from you know the negative piece of it but staying within what i'm what i'm willing to do and what brings me joy
0: i love this concept of doing what you can yeah. with what you have exactly
1: exactly me too me too that- one thing
0: about the pandemic has leveled the playing field uh, uh, what that relates to that.
1: For, for sure. For sure. And us in the media industry, I mean, when we do watch the news, I mean, they're struggling just as much as, I mean, the major, you know, they can't figure out their their connections and their internet and poor things are freezing and dogs are running across the screen and children are crying. And, and we're finally in an even playing field with those major networks as it relates to broadcast. I think, yeah. I think, You know, it allows for us, we, we are resilient and we are more capable than we are not. And I think that oftentimes options gives us that analysis paralysis. When you have no choice but to pick up the phone, you have no choice but to do the Zoom, you have no choice, then you have no choice. And so you find that being, you can do a lot in your home. It doesn't need to be on the outside. You can do a lot with what you have and and thrive in that way. So I think that there are some benefits if we choose to sit in that for a moment. If we choose to look at it for a moment, I think that it becomes a, a, a wonderful thing for sure.
0: Yeah. Just recently, I had this amazing conversation with a, a really, really enlightened 92-year-old patient who is British. Yeah. And um, she got into a conversation about with me about what it was during the air raids in World War Two in yeah. London to at night go down and literally sleep in the subway with three hundred and fifty people you did not know, yeah, and then in the morning walk out, yeah, and try and walk back to your apartment not knowing whether it would be have reduced to rubble. Right. And she had this, she had this. Right. Uh, off we go, you know, just. Well, that's just what we were doing, what we did, and sometimes we did come back. Right. around was on the ground, and but it really, really drove home that that we these times are are, are tragic yes. for some. Yes, yes, it's so tragic for so many, and yet it's it, it is wonderful if if some of us have the 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 ability to stay on our feet yeah. and do good for others.
1: Yeah. And I think that that holding the light helps people gain perspective. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that oftentimes I'm the queen of analogies, but you can't see the forest through the trees, right? You can't. You're in it so deep, and as, as I was when I was on autopilot, nobody could be, stop me. To, people told me to slow down, and why don't you take off the weekend? And why don't you go in late? i like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. But I could, I could, and I did. And, and, and things changed once I did. And so we need to provide people with another perspective. We need to be able to show people that it is okay to 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 live easier, to live in joy, to live in light. And I think that if we have the ability to do that, I'd rather spend my time doing that than anything else.
0: I love it. Uh, yeah, because it's a choice. Yeah. So we have a really good uh, friend to Everwinding Circles named Dr. Srikamar Rao. Ooh. And Dr. Rao talks a lot about good things. Bad thing. Yeah. Like, like, like this, these thing, this thing comes along that feels really, really, really bad. Yeah. And, and through the light of time, we, and, and also dependent upon the way we react to it and all that, it could be the best thing that ever happened. It could be. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. For sure. So that brings me to three things I found yeah. in your, in writing, in the part of something that you wrote about yourself that I really want to talk talk to you about, because I think they, these three things might be really helpful for people that are, you know, trying to climb that career ladder or just trying to hang on to, to the success that they've got yeah. or people like you and I who are social entrepreneurs trying to keep out this one foot in front of the other yeah. kind of kind of process to, sure. to grow something that can improve the world. Yeah. So talk about the fact that you've been through, here's yeah. the three things we can pull apart. Endless dedication. You needed endless dedication. Yeah, you needed to make countless sacrifices, yeah. and you needed to have unshakable grit. Yes, Yeah. Tell me about how those things, and yeah. either three or sure. pick them apart one at a time. Yeah, could give people some tools right now for their toolbox.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, listen. The this whether it be no, I think the majority of people. <laughs> think that overnight success is a thing that there is a such a thing as an overnight success. And you may have heard of them overnight, (laughs) but the journey is long and they have been at this for decades of their life before they became a household name to you. And, you know, that's the, that is, I think for those that are in that journey, waiting to become the household name, waiting to become that overnight success, you must understand that those that we admire and aspire towards have lived, have sacrificed, have provided themselves with grit in order to be aspirational for us where we stand. And it requires, not because it's a paying dues types of thing, because if people are like, oh, you, you think it, you know, everybody's got to pay their dues. It's not. It's because the list, it's about the lessons within the dues. It's about not knowing you know what to do right because you have never done it wrong, right? And that's wow. the space, and and so that's the journey. That's the that's what you can't skip. You can't cheat that because you, you know. And so many young people, I teach at Temple University in Philadelphia, and you know they're like, oh, I have to get people coffee, and da, da, da. I said, you don't know. I hated my internship. You know the the drug like the poor things, and I said you hated it. So now you know what you do not like. Without that experience, you would have never known what you do not like. So now you can understand and walk towards what you do like. We dread the experience because we deem it to be painful, but we don't look at the lessons that lie within them. And that, for me, requires grit. It requires sacrifice. It requires you to prioritize. And that's what I mean by the sacrifice and, you know... You know, in a lot of things, especially in the creative space, you know a lot of artists and struggling artists and 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 graphics and musicians and and i you know I, I talked to them about you as a doctor, right? I said, "You're not going to medical school. you're not going to law school. These are the years in which you are conducting a residency of your own life. This is what this is. This is the you are equally as broke as your med student friend, right? Because you are both working on your craft it's ideally on the other side of this is where you become your own version of an MD. And so you need to be able to to participate in this time as your other colleagues within law and medicine are ensuring that they can save lives and protect people. You are looking to hone your craft in the same way. And so that's what I've really learned. And so as it becomes difficult, and we're all in this difficult space, it's about writing these chapters so we can tell a better story. And that's what that is for me.
0: That is a whole other can of worms. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, we have, let's see, just a few minutes left. Oh, you. You're the best. This is so fun. <laughs> I'm I'm writing as fast as I can. Remember that. Like yes, I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay we have to spend just a few minutes because yeah. you know you're, you 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 can get share some pearls okay. with us i'm really big and and dr rao is is like this too there are so many folks that that encourage us to listen to the stories we mm-hmm. tell ourselves yes okay so i have to share with people one of my very favorite ever widening circles articles that almost no one opens up into because <laughs> the title well, the title just is what it is. Yeah. It's a talk by Karen Thompson. Okay. If you put it in the Ever Widening circles search box, it's yeah. called What Fear Can Teach Us. Ooh. And it's all about the stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. It's the real story of yeah. a whaling ship that went down in the middle Pacific Ocean in the 1800s. And there were just enough lifeboats for the crew to yeah. each get three lifeboats. And then they each had a decision to make about where they headed. Wow. And each crew made a different decision mm. in the ever circles article about this. I kind of take you through a, a like a mind a, yeah. a game, a game with it, but like I'm that. sure that you, so I would encourage everyone to look up yeah. that Circles article. Yeah. But I'm sure yeah. that you've got something to talk to us about, yeah. about what fear can teach us. Yeah. What, what
1: about the stories we're telling yeah. ourselves? Yeah. For me, it's, it's, it's look for the monster under the bed. Again, more analogies. Pretending it's not there, pretending you're not scared, pretending that you know all things, pretending it doesn't bother you, not addressing your fear by by looking at it head up. The majority of the anxiety that I even get to this day is about things that I put fear I put fear on things that don't require the energy of fear because fear is a sucker of energy. It is a sucker of time, all of those things. And I need that time and I need that energy. And oftentimes the thing I fear takes a few seconds to do even like uh, the things you dread even, right? I don't want to do laundry. I don't want to put it away. I don't want to whatever in the most simplistic form. Once you put it away, it's done and it's over. And it's it's not a thing. You don't have to think about it. You've given yourself back that time. I was a sprinter. Again, I used to run the 400 and I was very, very fast at the time. And my sister, my older sister in the youth of, of, of running was my manager. And so she was the manager of the team, the track team. And she would see me kind of pacing around, getting ready to run the 400. And she would come to me and and she's to this point, one of my beacons, but she would come to me and we were, I don't know, I she was 17 and I was 16, 15. And she would come and she would say, Cheldon, this is less than 60 seconds of your life. In less than 60 seconds, you will be done. Do not dread this. Get on the line. In less than 60 seconds, you will be done. It is the perspective of fear. It is taking the control back from what you fear. And my sister, with those simple words, afforded me the ability to do that. And that's what, again, those who hold the light try to do for individuals who are fearful. Because it is just a control mechanism on something that can be done in seconds. Something that could be released in seconds. Presentation. Like, you won't be on the podium forever. It's got to be done eventually. Right, it's got to be finished eventually. The course needs to be. You got to take the test eventually, and it's going to be finished eventually. So address the monster underneath the bed, and 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 sleep better for it.
0: That is such. I love the story <laughs> that, that that it's. You know, you think about Liesl, Liesl's generation yeah. um, doesn't like to make phone calls. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah i've got a, a, a one of my other daughters yes. is applying for jobs you know yeah. she she doesn't want to pick up the phone and call these people back yeah. that were very very interested in her yeah there's just so many uh, apologies are like that yeah. right children mm-hmm. how so many, much oh how many apologies that we could all make that would take less than sixty seconds. And, and fix relationships for decades, for decades if we just take the 60 seconds to say I'm sorry. Just to say okay. I'm sorry.
1: just to And have, oftentimes it's not the series of the words I am sorry. It's the acknowledgement of the monster under the bed. It's to say that there is an issue. There is something. I'm, I don't even need us to agree. I just need you to acknowledge right. that there is an issue. I need you to face the race. I need you to face the problem. Because once you do, it only lasts for sixty seconds. It's only it's not forever. And so I think that step one is facing it. And then from that point, you know, only amazing things can happen. Oh, it's, that's just oh, let's not let's not let the
0: conversation <laughs> die right there. And then from there, yes. only amazing things can happen only is amazing the last things. sentence. Only amazing that you things all have shared with us. Only okay. Amazing. So that's very funny that you should say that. <laughs> As the as we come to a close here, because the yeah. last question I usually ask everyone I interview is this. Yeah. So, ever widening circles is the name of of, of the the mothership of yeah. all that we're doing. Yeah. The website and our little byline is it is still an amazing it world. Is. It is. It so is. tell me, tell me something yeah. that proves to you almost every day that it is still an amazing world. Something that you
1: see or experience. Yeah. So I love, and I'm a storyteller by nature, but the, that actions lead to more actions and that we are all being observed, right? And it isn't about a large scale presentation, a PowerPoint, a resume, a sales pitch. People are acting, moving, motivating, changing the world based on just witnessing others doing the same. That. The observation of greatness creates greatness. And that, to me, is just wonderful. I don't need to know great scholars. I don't need to meet them, shake their hand, though, though that would be amazing. But just in witnessing their contributions, I can be empowered to contribute in the same way. And I think that when I see that every day, it just gives me hope. And and hope changes everything.
0: That is Just a wonderful idea to wrap up with yeah, because that is something we all have access to every day. Just observe. Yeah. Just Just observe. Be exposed
1: to beautiful things. Tell us
0: exactly where people can connect with you. Where where do you want people to go? All this is going to be in the show notes. All the books we mentioned, anything that we mentioned are going to be in the show notes. We have the greatest group that that, uh, edits and produces this podcast. So tell me where people can get.
1: Yes. Please, if, more information can be found at thisisittv.com. New episodes of This Is It with Cheldon and all of the shows in which we produce can be found at thisisit.tv. And then you can follow Fan and Like Me everywhere you find at thisisittv. So everywhere you find at TV, that's where I'll be.
0: Oh, it's just so great. And uh, just so you know, do you, do you and Liesl
1: talk pretty regularly? Yes, on once your- a month she's on once a month with me and I am obsessed. I absolutely adore her and our conversations, you know, change the, the the trajectory of my month. It is the second Wednesday of every month we are on. So it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. If you want some, you want to be a part of some flying. it's what happens when
1: Sheldon and Liesl get together. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> so good. Such an honor and a privilege to be with you today. It has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you. So for more information about anything we talk to, you're going to look in the show notes below and find all the the links you need. And thanks again to our affiliate partners for proving it is still an amazing world. Always dive in to the Ever Widening Circles universe by visiting ewc.co. That's short for everwideningcircles.com. And also, uh, our big thing that we're celebrating this month is that I just had an amazing TEDx talk come out. We're very, very proud of this. I was honored to be asked to be the closer for one of the largest, most important TEDx conferences in the country. Yeah, TEDx Naperville. The speakers list was unbelievable. Wow. And my talk is called Exposing the Conspiracy of Goodness. Uh. And I think that that's the new era that's opening and Cheldon's work and so many others are so much a part of the conspiracy of goodness of our times. So if you're curious about that or you just want to spring in your step, uh, that talk is 12 minutes and it will change the way you think about the future. So exposing the conspiracy of goodness, I have a book out called Happiness is an Option that just published in September, and it is changing lives too. I'm going to give you the, the secrets of the internet, what I've discovered through this crazy Everwinding Circle journey that can change your online life to something that is positive and constructive. It, there's four simple shifts you can make and, that, and the world will unfold in front of you. So thank you so much, Sheldon.